You know, when I sit to work on my cell phone or my laptop, my daughter would come and she would take take this. The moment I, I keep it out for some time free, uh, she would come and she would take it and she would start working on on YouTube or some songs or something like that. So that completely hijacks what I am doing. So I have to trick her and so for doing that, I change the passkey. Now this happened so that three days ago I changed the passkey and after three days I am opening my laptop today. And guess what? I forgot the passkey that I had saved. And I tried every combination that I could possibly think that I could have kept. And boy, I just forgot. Now, guess what's happening inside me? I'm upset. I'm angry. And I'm disturbed. And, and, and all sorts of unhealthy thoughts playing in my mind. And guess what? I'm also late for recording the voice note. So imagine the expectation building. Imagine what I have to do and imagine the anger pounding on me. So guess what I decided to talk on today? <laughs> psychology of anger. <laughs> the psychology of anger is that you wanted something and somebody or something prevented you from getting it. Somebody came as a block or as an obstacle and your whole energy was going to get that something and somebody blocked that energy and, I, and you couldn't get what you wanted. Now this frustration energy becomes anger. Anger against that person, anger against that event, anger against something that you believe couldn't fulfill the possibility to give you what you desired. Now you cannot prevent anger because anger is a byproduct of not getting what you wanted. But you can do something else with this byproduct. You can use this energy, you can completely use this energy to go after what you want and get what you want. Now, in life you also must remember one thing, when you go after something that you want, you should go after it in different ways, in more different creative ways and don't want it so badly that it becomes a question of your life and death. Just be playful. Don't take your wants and desires so seriously. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have desires. I'm saying have desires because if you don't have desires, you'll, you'll yourself become um, a, a repressed person. I'm saying desire rakho, but, but let that desire be a playful one. If you get it, great. If you don't get it, you know, perhaps this wasn't the right time or perhaps you didn't try that creatively the way it could have come to you. Learn something from the art of the player. We become so identified with the desire that when it is blocked or prevented, our own energy becomes fire and in that fire you burn. And in that state you almost get insane. And in that insanity you can do anything for which you are going to repent. It can create series of events that your whole life may become entangled within and lose some relations. Because of this, for thousands of years they have been saying become desireless. Now that is asking something inhuman. Even the people who have said become desireless have also given you a motive. They've given you a desire. If you become desireless, you will attain the ultimate freedom of moksha, nirvana. Isn't that too a desire? 
you can repress desire for some bigger desire. Anger is also proportionate to your desire. Now, there were these three monasteries, okay? These three monasteries were close to each other. One day, three monks from different monasteries met at a crossroad and they were coming from the village back to their monastery. Each belonged to a different monastery and, and they were tired. So they sat down under a tree and they were talking about something to pass time. One man said, one thing you all have to agree and accept that as far as scholarship is concerned, learning is concerned, our monastery is the best. The other monk said, I agree this is true. You people are far more scholarly and but as far as austerities are concerned, discipline is concerned, spiritual training is concerned, you guys don't come any near to our monastery. The third monk said, you are right. The first monastery is best in learning and scholarship. The second monastery is best in discipline and attitude and fasting and austerities. But as far as humbleness is concerned, as far as egolessness is concerned, we top humbleness, egoless, but the man seemed to be absolutely unaware of what he was saying. As far as humbleness, egolessness is concerned, we are at top. Even humbleness can become an ego trip. Egolessness can become an ego trip. One has to be very aware. You should not try to stop anger. In fact, you should use the anger energy to go after what you want and ensure that you get what you want and try different creative methods. You should not in any way withhold anger or keep anger controlled. Otherwise, it's going to burn you. It's going to destroy you. What I'm saying is you have to go to the roots. The root is always some desire which has been blocked and the frustration has created the anger. Don't take desire seriously. Don't take anything seriously is what I'm saying. Just, just be yourself. Just start thinking about yourself at ease. Nothing special. Not that you're meant to be victorious. Not that you're meant to succeed in every situation. Life is ups and downs, the summer and the winter. It's a big world and we are small people. Once this settles in your attitude, once this settles in your skin, in your muscle, in your fiber, everything becomes acceptable. Anger disappears and the disappearance will bring in new surprises because when anger disappears, it leaves behind tremendous energy of compassion, love and friendship. Now you can use this together, you can play with people together on this particular aspect and ensure that you go after what you want and all these three energies now, the new energy of compassion, love and friendship will ensure that you get what you want.